0: Sorry. Okay, so interesting readings here. I hope you've already seen the parallel with the first reading, the Old Testament reading, and the Gospel, right? Lepers, not leopards, lepers, right? Who have this horrible, horrible uh, disease. And um, the interesting thing is who thanks God and who comes to faith. So we have Naaman the Syrian um, who goes and asks Elijah to, to heal him, right? Because Elisha is this great prophet and prophets often um, through the power of God uh, will be able to bring out these kinds of healings. And we didn't hear the whole story but basically Elisha tells him go and wash in this river Jordan seven times. And Naaman was his, his response was, what do I got to do that for? And this is a paraphrase. But his response was, we, we got rivers in Syria that are better than the Jordan. Why do I got to, you know, do this in the Jordan? It's a, it's a dirty river. I mean, so he wasn't real happy about the instructions. And his, his, his retinue, you know, or his, his servants, etc., said, they persuaded him. They just said, just do it. He's a holy man, Elijah. He told you to do it. Just do it. So, all right. So finally, Naaman uh, does as he was told, and of course, his flesh becomes that of a little child. He's restored. The leprosy goes away. And he goes back to Elijah, and he wants to give Elijah something uh, to reward him, to say thank you. And Elijah says, you know, this was the power of God. And then Naaman, it's interesting, Well, if you're not going to accept a gift, let me, your servant, have two loads of earth. You see, he wanted to take the earth because the worshiping of God, especially for the chosen people, the Jews, had everything to do with the land. That was the promised land. And so Naaman the Syrian is saying, let me take some of this land home so that I also may worship the same God, so that I may have some of that promised land with me when I return home." So Naaman comes to great faith. And it's important. He was not a Jew. It's how, whenever it's pointed out that it's a foreigner, it matters. Right? It matters. It's not just uh, biographical information. It really matters for the narrative that here was a non-Jew heeding the words of the prophet the prophet elijah came to speak to god's chosen people not to not to non-jews and yet here is this non-jew who actually listens okay now we move to the the gospel and you'll see the parallels right so jesus is journeying through samaria and galilee and then ten lepers met him and they asked to be healed and to, to be cleared of of leprosy, so to speak, right? Because if you had leprosy, you had to you had to isolate yourselves outside the city. You had to you know ring a bell to tell people you were coming, so that they could stay away, because you know no one wanted to catch leprosy. And so to to be able to re-enter society, if you had if you had been healed, you had to go and show yourselves to the priest. The priest would inspect and say, okay, they're now clean. They can re-enter society. So. Jesus says, go show yourselves to the priests, and on the way, they're healed. And one of them, one of them, realizing he was healed, came back and praised God. And then we have this line. And after I read this line, I want you to all go, what? Okay, what? Do it for me. So he came back glorifying God in a loud voice, fell at the feet of Jesus and thanked him. He was a Samaritan. Right. See? So when... G- <laughs> Very good. So this would have been the effect. I know it's goofy, right? I mean, of course it's goofy. But we're Catholic. We do all kinds of things. Anyway, um, this would have been the effect of the Jews hearing it. What do you mean? The Samari- we hate Samaritans, right? Remember, I've spoken of this before. The-, the Jews and the Samaritans hated each other. They hated each other. Like, real deep... Blood, murder, hate. Real hate. And so when Jesus says, oh, the only one that came back and thanked me was a Samaritan, that was a, you know, a mic drop moment. What? The Samaritan? And Jesus was pointing out something very important here. That the one coming to faith is the one least expected. The ones who should be coming to faith in Jesus are his own people members of, of God's chosen people, and yet they were not coming to faith, only this foreigner. And this foreigner came back and was, had incredible gratitude. What about the other nine? I mean, can you imagine having this horrible disease and you're isolated from your family and friends, you just have to hang out with other lepers, and your body is disintegrating before you, and you go before Jesus and you ask to be healed, he heals you, and you don't come back to say thank you. I mean, it's inconceivable. And yet, 90% of them did not say thank you. I suppose there's a lot of ways we could go with this, but gratitude. What does it mean to live a life of gratitude as opposed to a life... Of taking things for granted. Let me tell you about my last twelve hours. Last night, uh, I have some very close friends, and their daughter got married, and it was this beautiful, beautiful wedding ceremony. You know, you had a, a bride and a groom who are—I mean—they really, really get it. You know, they're they're really, really Catholic. They they really love each other. It was, it was. An incredibly gracious moment for all of us who were there at the actual ceremony and then of course at the reception. And all of those who spoke, you know, to the bride and the groom thanked them for who they were. It was amazing. You know, the best man, the maid of honor. And my good friend, the, the father of the bride, it was incredibly touching. He he thanked his daughter. It was beautiful. We were were brought to tears. He thanked his daughter for being who she was, for teaching him so much about what it meant to be a father. He expressed such gratitude to her for the woman that she had become. And everybody there was witness to this gratitude. And, And the entire tenor of the night was, we're just so thankful to be here. Right, and it can be different, right? We've all been to wedding receptions where it's different. I almost danced; it was that fun. <laughs> I mean, once you hit the disco, man, I'm I'm close, but I got out of there. Um, <laughs> but incredibly gracious and grateful for you know that we were all there. It was it was wonderful. It's one of those moments that obviously really sticks with you. ON MY WAY TO CHURCH TONIGHT, I, I HAD TO ANOINT SOMEONE. AND I HAD TO ANOINT A 25-YEAR-OLD GIRL, YOUNG WOMAN, PRETTY MUCH THE SAME AGE AS THE YOUNG WOMAN WHO WAS MARRIED LAST NIGHT, AND SHE HAS A HORRIBLE DISEASE SUCH THAT SHE HAS MALFUNCTIONING LUNGS, SHE'S NOT LONG from de- FOR DEATH, UNTIL DEATH. SHE IS ACTIVELY DYING. AND I WENT INTO THIS HOME WITH PEOPLE I DIDN'T KNOW, OF COURSE, AND THEY WERE SO GRATEFUL THAT I WAS THERE. I MEAN, I CAME IN AND THEY ASKED ME, HOW IS YOUR DAY GOING? AND I JUST THOUGHT, I, I DON'T EVEN KNOW HOW TO ANSWER THAT. HOW DO YOU ANSWER THAT? AS YOU'RE, YOU'RE MOURNING WITH a father and mother who is watching their own child die. And yet, the gratitude was palpable. The gratitude you know, that I was there, that, that I representing Jesus Christ, was there with them in this time of need. It's incredibly humbling. Think about how many things we complain about. Think about how many times in our life, something little, little, doesn't go our way. And we think the world is coming to an end. We complain, everything's wrong. But it's moments like this that we really remember, right? It's moments like those that, that we remember, you know what, maybe I should be more grateful. Grateful for my kids, grateful for my family. And brothers and sisters, I'm the worst. After one month of being in the new rectory, they turned off my water. Apparently in Glendale, you have to pay your bill. <laughs> For one entire day, I had no water. I had to go and get bottled water, you know. And I thought, it was the worst? You know? The worst thing. I know you know what I'm talking about. Then just last week, the AC in my truck goes out. This tends to happen. But it, boy, it really put me out. For a whole day. You know? And it was 90-ish. It wasn't even that bad. But for a whole day I didn't have, you know, 65 degree <laughs> AC in my truck. I don't want to say I thought the world was coming to an end, but I was really ungrateful for a while. It's important for us to live lives of gratitude, to remember what really matters in life, right? And these incredibly powerful moments that each of us have experienced in our lives should bring us back to the right priorities. The little sufferings that we have in life, some of us have major sufferings, and those are the ones who remind us, that remind us. But so often we have these little sufferings which are nothing. They're just nothing. And in light of the big things, they seem petty. So what the Lord is asking us to do is to be truly grateful. Grateful that we have this beautiful church to worship in. With a great air conditioner, I might add, so far. Or at least it's cold. You know, we're able to to sing together, worship together. You have a priest who loves you. Your former priest loved you as well. Father Frank loves you. We all love you. And how good it is for us to be together. It's a great blessing. Not everyone in the world can do this, can do this freely. So let us remember what's truly important. Let us ask our Lord to help us to be more grateful for all of the many blessings that he constantly bestows upon us. Please stand.